Hey guys, welcome back to the Moms Can Relate podcast, a platform for mothers to share their exciting and dynamic journey of motherhood. I am Debbie Bissoon, the host and founder of the podcast and the movement Moms Can Relate on Instagram. Make sure that you follow us at official Moms Can Relate because we made it into 2021. It is a new year and we have so much to give thanks for mummies. We proved to be real champions last year because we homeschool, we went through quarantines, we went through curfews, the whole gamut of it all, including keeping our families and ourselves safe. For those of us who managed to do so and for those of us who tried our hearts out to do so. Either way, if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you made it into 2021. And I'm so grateful that you took this journey with me last year when we did Quarantine Moms. And now we're in 2021 and the conversations of motherhood and around motherhood must continue because mommying never stops. So the first episode for this year, for me, it's a real honor to be interviewing this lovely, amazing human being. She was a voice of reason, of inspiration, of love, of healing for so many people last year. She followed her dream of doing her very own television show where she interviewed persons from a range of backgrounds going through different challenges in their lives. She brought healing to their doorsteps and she also allowed many of us viewers to find healing in our very own way. She, in this interview, opens up about her life, about taking that journey to find her passion and her goal while juggling being a mommy, while going through a divorce, while also now trying to find her real footing for this new year. So I would encourage you guys to grab your tissues because within the first 10 minutes of this interview, I was a mess already. Child, trust me, prepare to get your soul stirred because this was a real sim soul session for me. We recorded this interview at the very end of 2020, so you will hear us say things like 2020, but the conversation is so rich and timeless. Please enjoy this interview with the one, the only, the amazing Simone Clark Cooper. So, Simone Clark Cooper, good evening, good evening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Long time in the making, but here we are at the end of the year. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can believe it. I'm not sad to see 2020 <laughs> go. I'm, I'm eager to see what 2021 holds, but um, despite how difficult 2020 was for most of us, I think if we all just sit and mm-hmm. introspect, we can find a one team that we learned or that we benefited from or one way that it has made us better. So, I'm grateful for it, but I'm sad to see December come. Yeah, trust me. It's like this year, though, was uh, the year that you connected in an even larger way beyond Smile Jamaica with our local audience and even our audience in the diaspora. You were, for many people, a mother. The kind of conversations that you had was like a mommy conversation that many people wouldn't even think about having with their own mothers. You did that. You did that, girl. You did, did that. Really? You did. Two seasons of it in 2020. Yeah. The most yeah. challenging year. But as you rightly say, you know, there's a lot to give God thanks for. And it really unearthed out of a lot of us potentials that we were sitting on. Mm-hmm. 
So even though this is a mom's can relate interview and we'll get into the motherhood part of it and the balancing and all of that, but I wanted to understand, you know, why you decided to take that step this year to do this show and even how the concept came up. Okay, so uh, I, before, before June of this year when I left my full-time job, <laughs> every it time I talk about it, it lab, in the middle of a pandemic, yes, you but... know, uh, it actually started, the idea to do a talk show, Debbie has been with me for years. I know, because you said it to me, you said it to me at Moms and Mimosas, you did. years I've wanted to do this, but it just, it, I couldn't see past how big it seemed to me at the time, like, how are you going to make this happen? How are you going to find a crew? How are you going to build a set? How are you going to find sponsors? So it was always a dream, but it just seemed to me like a dream that I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, I wouldn't know how to realize, which is so strange because I've been working in TV all this time, but it's probably because I was working in TV all this time and I know what it takes to pull a production together where I thought, you know, you by yourself can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that in the last couple of years, I have, I have I found this, this spirit of... Now, I know I don't mean immediacy, you know, but a spirit of if you don't start to plan to make the dreams that you have reality now, when are you going to do it? And so I've been sitting oh, on... Goosebumps. S- you see, this is the same soul session that has started. <laughs> no, I've been sitting on so many ideas. And it's funny when, when you get validation from outside, because for years people have been saying to me, you don't need to work for anybody. You need mm-hmm. to stop working for people. You have a brand, leverage it. But you see, when you can't see yourself how people see you, then you stay in situations that, although not bad, don't serve you as well as if you were plugging and pouring into yourself. And I find that in the last couple of years, I've been in that mindset where I've been like, what if you tried to pour and plug into yourself? Because you've proven that you can build other people's brands. You know you're going to be balling here today. But you <laughs> You can't Girl, I'm you know, sorry. No. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like I, I am now feeling what your guests feel when they sit in front no, of you because. True, true. true, true. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and I hope. Mercy. I hope, and I'm getting goosebumps. Is that you know as I talk to you, Debbie? Jesus. No, seriously, seriously. I hope I'm. I'm hope I'm speaking even to you because I think you know what you have. Mm. <laughs> as a brand that you are building. And if you two of us cry and there's no interview to be had. So no, So so I hear the thing now. So last year I said to myself, I'm <clears throat> I think I've done enough in corporate. I am where I'd like to be in corporate, but corporate it it, it I enjoyed doing what I was doing. I, I enjoyed the fact that it, that was one more rung on the comms ladder that I had been able to take. And, and had proven to myself that I could do and I could add value. But there was a yearning in my spirit that I could not quiet that said, now is the time for you to start making your grander plans. And so I went to the folks to whom I reported from last year, June, July, and I said to them, you know, I remember I went back to Greece in January mm-hmm. last year, you know, yeah. six months, six, know. six months in, where are you going to your boss to say, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then back to, and then, so um, I spoke to them and I said, you know what, there are some, some gifts that I think I have and some talents that I think I've honed in the last quarter century. 
and I want to get back into doing some of the things that bring me that joy. So initially, all I really wanted was to be able to do my corporate job and go and pursue some of those other things. So I wanted to get back into teaching, Debbie. I wanted to get back into the voice and speech coaching, and I wanted to see what else could come from that. But when you work in corporate, your time is not yours. And when you work on somebody else's dime, you have to get approval for everything else. And if, and if they feel like there's any less of you that they will be able to have, then it becomes an immediate conflict. And so for months I was trying to work through how we could make it happen until I got to a point where I realized there was no, I couldn't serve the two masters. There was no way I could launch out in the way I wanted to launch out and still um, be an employee. It was time to be my own employee and to stop, as my, one of my colleagues, trusted colleagues says to me, stop thinking like an employee and start thinking like a CEO. So I made a conscious decision um, that it was time to walk away from corporate. And like I tell you, it was very scary. Um, I, I, was, I, I wondered if it was the right thing, but everything in me told me that it was. And um, there was just a voice in me that said, if you do not jump, you will not know. So the thing is, a lot of us live our lives or exist our lives, right? I was tired of existing my life because I need to know at this point that when I get to 65 and I look back at my life, I'm supposed to be able to say I tried everything that I wanted to try. And yes, X never work, but I'm better off having tried it because I don't have to ask what if it had worked. So I'm fully prepared in my mind as, I, as I've launched this company and I've gone on this journey. Um, it a work? It 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 working. It a work. I didn't know start below proper you yet, know you know? It's just how many people were waiting on you to move. Miss uh, and all of those messages that I'm getting of, you know, this is the right, this was the right time, mm -hmm. we needed something like this. And when I say to God, I say, God, then this was what was waiting mm -hmm. all along. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine now, Debbie, if I hadn't tried? And I, ask, and I would have been asking myself, I wonder if I had done this, it would have worked. And so here I am now, having launched a company that specializes in comms, I've started where I'm most comfortable, but then there's even more potential because I haven't even fully built out. I've started some training, some corporate training, but I haven't even fully built that out yet. Mm -hmm. um, I've started some voice and speech work with one-on-one -on -one and with groups, but I haven't fully built that out yet. And every day I see another, I kind of have to be reining myself in to say, Sim, hold on, just take your time and build it out. But can I tell you the most fulfilling part of this for me, just outside of uh, what I see that the program has been doing and the feedback I've been getting from the people who tell me their lives have been touched and changed because of it is what I see it doing for my child. Wow. Because, Debbie, Aaron will say to me, Mommy, I am so glad that you are doing, pursuing your dreams. I'm so proud of what you are doing. Because it gives her permission to do all that Correct. And it makes her know, as I've told her, that she don't have to, right now she's a dancer, right? Mm -hmm. And she's told me straight up that she's gonna have her dance academy 
ADA, we walk around the force talking about ADA because it's Parents oh. Dance Academy. Okay. And so <clears throat> I think what I'm doing now is showing her that that dream is fully, fully, fully valid and that she can, from now, start recognizing that she can build her own thing. She doesn't have to rely on anybody. And so we've had the talks about how scary this has been, but we've also had the talk about the fact that something that scares you doesn't have to stop you. And sometimes if it doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And if it scares you, then that means that it is something that you absolutely have to pursue because it is just that amazing. And so it's been scary not having a month-to-month -month paycheck. Scary, and you have a child depending on you. But um, I don't have any regrets, Debbie. And I see even more possibilities now um, than I saw before. And it's funny, in a year like this when you know, so many bad things are happening. There are opportunities to be had. And I really thank God for the spirit of bravery that he's given me and courage that he's given me and, and the strengthening of my faith that I've been experiencing because without any of that, I would still be where I was, wondering what could have been. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> that's it. Good to have been here. Yeah, that's it. You know, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Guys, that's it for the Moms Care. Listen. We could wrap the show right here. Simone. Truth, just truth. I wish you could have seen my legs on the table. I'm mm -hmm. like shaking my legs because not only are you thumping me straight into the forehead, but <laughs> like, you, you're so right. You're so right. It's, it's taking a leap on yourself. Just taking a leap bet on, on yourself. Bet on you. Time me. Same bet on you. We got to bet on ourselves. Because it's, 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 last time we had Tommy talk, it was just like this. She was on you. Whew, child. So the mommy part of your life. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, remember when we are, were doing moms and mimosas, and I actually, I actually asked you to moderate the, the um, quiz portion of it. Game show. Yeah, the game quiz. It was not a quiz tone, quiz tone like something that was purposeful. That was pure tomfoolery. I remember what you said to me. Something about a premi gravida, which is somebody having a child uh, after the age of 35, what, 35 mm, right? 30, which was 30, your story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which was, I mean, I mean, I grew up watching it on TV anyways, but it was, when you said it to me, because I felt like, you know, that's Simone, it's young girl, same way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a young girl. You are looking like a wonderful young girl, same way. You look like my sister. Like girl. God bless you. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you had a baby, uh, you know, at an age that has been discouraged mm -hmm. um, and she's such a beautiful child like I swear they're running through a photocopy machine <laughs> and she, she came home. It is funny we're sitting here dead looking out at the view we're looking at because they call her Mini Cooper right? No, see, yeah. They call her Mini Cooper. Well, oh, there we go, yeah, of course. She's a mini version of me. Yeah, she is. So. She call yeah. her Mini, mini Simmer because she don't look nothing like daddy. Nine. Well, nothing. I don't know. No, nothing at all. She nothing. has his nose. Maybe. And and some of his, well, some of his eyebrows and some of my eyebrows. It was a bushy eyebrows. I think it was, a, it was a, when she came on that set, um, uh, on the closing of season one, mm -hmm. and I started like, mercy, mm -hmm. God, she looks just like mommy. But wasn't that scary? I mean, going through that process of getting, Aaron, yeah. is the best thing that could have ever happened to me when I did not know that, um, that she was the best thing that could have happened to me. As a matter of fact, Deb, I have always lived my life thinking that 
I didn't know if I could have children. And I was, I was okay being that person who didn't have a child. You know mm -hmm. why? Because when I love, I love so hard that I could not fathom this notion of having this child and worrying about this child. Me start thinking about her, I go school. Even before me was thinking about children, me just start to think about how difficult it would be not being able to be around a child I could protect 24 hours of every day. I looked at how I loved them, my siblings, um, just everybody in my life who means something to me. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this for a child. And so um, up until the time that I had her, I was also so vested in so many other different things that it was all career, 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 career. But then you get to a point in your life where it's not enough. Well, for me, at mm -hmm. any rate, because some women are fine going through their entire lives and not, they don't ever want kids and that's fine. That's what you opt for. But I just got to a point in my life where I said, there has to be more to life than getting up, going to smile, going to fame or going to whatever and then going home. You know, it, something was missing. And I yearned for that additional, you know, person, additional, um, you know, just, just your own person. My, well, she's not mine. She's no, God's you know I mean. honor like to me. Your own somebody yeah. to, yes, needed something else, and somebody else to carry on the legacy and to, and to to carry on the generation, and you know. And so, I said, okay, I'm 35 years old, but that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom had my brother, my youngest brother, when she was 36, and at the time it was it was a horror. Like, how could you get pregnant at elderly age, <laughs> right? <laughs> but when I decided to do it, um, I didn't feel like I was in great shape. Mm -hmm. uh, no, you always have been <clears throat> in great shape. Like you've never been <clears throat> not in great shape yeah, before. I try, I try to take care of myself. You do. Um, you do a fantastic job. Thank you, love. So I, uh, I heard that and I discussed it and we said, okay, no, it's as good a time as any. But when I got pregnant with Irene, I had to go through all these tests and do all of these gestational diabetes and this and this and because my doctor said I was old. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I'm old? I don't feel old, mm -hmm. you know, but I carried her and I carried her well. We had no issues. As a matter of fact, at one point, Doc was like, I, I, is it possible for you to like eat some more KFC and drink some more Pepsi and eat some more ice cream because Why? you're not putting on any weight? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never I heard a doctor encourage honestly, anybody to be eating fast food. Because like, generally, so I will tell you, don't do this. Jesus. But I'd like you to put on some weight in this pregnancy because your child needs to pull from you. And if you don't yes, have nothing, she can't pull from um, and so I went through a very, very easy pregnancy. I had no morning sickness. I you had, had no morning sickness? Nerting. Only thing I nearly kicked out my soul case. Oh, she was right. active for a yes. She was active from that time. Okay. She was a dancer from that time. Correct. <laughs> so I didn't start to slow down until about two weeks before I had her when I when I really started now to pack on that last, mm -hmm. you know, couple of pounds that you put on mm -hmm. like every week. And um and from the time I found out I was pregnant too, I, I said to my doctor, I would like to order a caesarean, please. You like Does to order it come it. with fries? <laughs> Is there a combo? You, you yeah. would like to order I it. I was not. I, my pain threshold is low. I knew I couldn't labor. Yeah. 
there's too much uncertainty in laboring. I don't know how long. I don't know how hard. I don't See, know how painful. So I couldn't do it. Because that's one thing about me. I love to control things. Yes, yeah, man. You know, that one person. About, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where what goes at yeah, that man. Time. Yeah, man. So I was good when Doc said, all right, we're going to deliver her on X. Um, come down to Andrews at X. We're going to um, give you the epidural at Y. Mm -hmm. And by X time, she'll be. And Aaron was in and out of... 15 minutes mm -hmm. I was in the OR and out. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, this is so great. This is lovely. I mean, when I went down with me back into the room and, and said to me, okay, mom, it's time to rest. I was like, sure, but can I walk? Mm -hmm. And they were like, no. You we tried to we walk? We don't want you to walk until tomorrow. I was like, no, I need to walk today because I don't plan to be here for Simone, hold on, hold on. You tried, this is after they wheeled you back into the room, you tried I, to walk? I slept for a couple of hours, mm -hmm. and then when I woke up, I said to the nurse, I want to walk. And she said, no, you shouldn't, you should walk. I said, nurse, I need to walk. So I did got, you? I did walk. I got up, and I walked. Um, that was Friday, and by Sunday morning, I was home. Me can't have like hospitals, I believe. And I hear that so, if you lay down too long now, you're no, prone no, no, to all sorts of... No, 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 it's true. And if yeah. you lay down, because I, I had a C-section as well, and, but I did not walk so fast no. at all, because in my mind, they just sliced me open and take out things. They, you did, know they I mean? did do that. That yeah, is correct. So let they me just sleep for a little bit. But it's a mindset. I have a thing. If I set my mind to something, uh, I will know that it may hurt and it may be difficult. But if I can rationalize in my mind the long, the, the long term... Or even the short term win, yeah. I will do it. Yeah. So I will brace myself and I will talk myself. It's like oh, some of the decisions I had to make in my life previous to now. I knew Yvonne Chin, my, my, my friend from a long time, from rapping days, gave me an analogy. One time I had a bad breakup and I was very devastated. Mm -hmm. Every time they were at JBC. Don't date me, people. No, and don't judge okay. me. <laughs> and Chin said to me, Sim, don't worry about it. She said, just think of this as a snake bite. So when the snake bites you, it, it's very painful, but you have to extract the poison in order to mm -hmm. heal. Extracting the poison is going to be a difficult and painful process, but after that, after the poison leaves your body, then the healing begins. So once you just set your mind to the fact that the poison has to leave you, mm -hmm. and they might have to drag it out, or you might have to suck it out, mm -hmm. or whatever it is, with well, no then. anesthesia, yeah? And then your body starts to heal. Mm -hmm. So once you can push I past thank that, you for that. yeah, thank change. Fix that into my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you walk through the fire, you know you're going to get burned, but you know, like when you get through it's not it, there so that's, well, that's how diamonds are made, no? Yeah, exactly. Go through pressure. Go pressure. Come out all sparkling mm -hmm. and shiny. Some things I didn't think I could make it through, but I, I'm here. Yeah. Sitting in front did of you me. did you go through any postpartum? Uh, symptoms, anything at all? Anxiety, I didn't, I didn't have postpartum, but it was, I, I had my moments when I thought I couldn't do it. Okay. Um, and there were definitely some days where I was like, God, I need like another pair of hands. Because <clears throat> at the time, um, you know, her, her dad was away a lot because his job di dictates that he's, aw he's away a lot, yeah. especially when she was just born. Um, she was born in October, so you're working your way down to the Christmas season, and that's when DJs get most busy, no? Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of the time, I would be there with her, and I was just like, can somebody else be there? Mm -hmm. Or, I don't really want to walk her right now. I would like to sleep. 
I would like to sleep. I don't remember what sleep feel like. Yes. Um, and Aaron was that child who woke up like three times in the night to feed. And Aaron was a child, Debbie, who did not sleep through her first full night until she was two. She wouldn't stop. Trust me, moms, this is a mom's can really stop. <laughs> moment for sure. So yeah. my mother lives abroad. Oh Lord, so, so you had no... Yeah, mm. So when she was here, it was great. Uh, and eventually we got help and of course Arif was, was you know, doing what he needed to do as a, as a dad. Mm -hmm. But there were definitely days when I was like, this is undoable. Yeah. This is impossible. And I could see into the mindset of people who checked out or plugged out or, mm -hmm. but I don't think I had full, full on postpartum. There were days when I definitely felt down yeah. and maybe, you know, that I couldn't manage. But I don't, I've, I've read about postpartum and I've heard you guys mm -hmm. give your own accounts and I wasn't, thankfully I wasn't there. Yeah. But I can't imagine what, it, what, what that must be like if I knew what I felt like and I was not mm -hmm. that case. And it's hard to go through that and to still offer care. Yes. And, and I, think, I think that's the biggest challenge because you have to know, find the strength to endure whatever you're going through while offering help you know, the best way possible mm -hmm. to somebody else, to this child. Is there guilt when you're going through that too or you don't there, have the there, capacity to there feel? There is guilt. There and is and, and there, there has been, like in, in the conversations I've had with other mothers who go through depression because what I went through was anxiety mm -hmm. and I still, I'm on the back end of it, I now believe. But there are mothers who were depressed and who had tried to harm their children. Mm -hmm. And there's major guilt there, as you can imagine, to think that I could harm my child who I carried for nine months and push out or cut out. And I'm here trying to say, yeah. I don't want you. Don't realize they just, you're not in your right mind. You're not in your right mind. You're not who you are. And, and you know, it's a, it's a lot of that. And then there is this, I remember a girlfriend of my own, I just got home with Sai. In the first two weeks, you know, everybody's, oh my God, the baby is so nice, he's so cute, he's so cute. And then she says to me, so how are you? Mm -hmm. And I put on a piece of barley, this is one, because I'm like, I didn't know nobody, mommy. I didn't know nobody stopped to even think, is she okay? Is she sleeping? Is she eating? You know, is she sore? <laughs> Yeah, so, so. Is, so is important. I did drop in the bath when I come home, so yeah, so I understand. <laughs> don't laugh. Father in Evans. I said, Jesus, do, don't make her for go back and get stitched oh up again. God. Thankfully, I was okay. And how did it, what was the transition like now on the balance? Because we talk about balance a lot. I said, there's no balance. I said, there's a rhythm because I'm still trying to find our balance. Yeah, word. Word. That's my word. That's yeah, my takeaway for the day. Yeah, Thank there's you for sharing that. There is no. Erin yeah. was the reason I left radio. Mm, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the rhythm was off. Yes. And <laughs> I, mean, I said the balance. You know, because I was still in TV at the time. But radio is so unpredictable. So yes. we could be sitting here today and your phone could ring and they could tell you that somebody just bought an OB for you in mm -hmm. the grill, right? Are mm -hmm. you available? And so I was running fame at the time, but then I was also on air. And so today I would be in Kingston, tomorrow I would be in Montego Bay, the next day I would be in, your Saturday is not yours, your Sunday is not yours, weekends don't exist, every day is a work day. Holidays, what are those? Mm -hmm. And I sat down one day and I said to myself, I have a young child, I cannot, this is not sustainable. Because both her father and I work in, in, in jobs that are too unpredictable. I want to tell you, my love, trust me, give yeah. God thanks to the wonderful team members that were at Fame who no. understand sometimes when I say, I cannot. 
can't. You're just recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to make that decision. So um, I went and I had a talk with my lovely boss, mm-hmm. Francois. And I said, Francois, mm-hmm. it's been great, but it's, this is great. And I was like, no, man, you know, girl. He never, he did not believe me. Mm-hmm. 15 years and. I mean, the rhythm developed with him was fantastic. It's the mm-hmm. best working relationship and the best work experience I have to this He's day such an awesome that person. I have ever had. I learned so much from him. Yeah. He was so giving. He was so accommodating. He was so free-spirited, but he held you to account. That's very true. And it was the greatest work experience I've had. But Debbie, when I, when I, when I sat and thought about it, I said, you know, this is not, this is not sustainable raising a child and as much as I love radio I'm going to have to walk away from it and so I made the conscious decision to leave and to and to find something that I thought would be more stable Mm -hmm. and even though I was working a corporate job as an executive producer of a station Mm -hmm. I needed something that was probably more true to corporate in the sense that it was a nine-to-five yeah and that I would know that when the end of the workday came I was going home to Mm -hmm. my child when Saturday and Sunday come, I yeah. would be able oh. to stay home with my child. And on Christmas Day, I would be home. Boxing Day, I would be home. Easter, I would be home instead of at work. So it was a tough decision for me, but, you know. Yeah. And you know, I still love and miss no, I know you so and we miss you. much. You hear me the other day saying to um, Claire, um, can, is there a way we can just get Simone back on fame? Is yeah. there a way we can make it happen? Well, she's grown now, and I, I have a way, I have a thing. Yeah. And it's been proving itself to me over the last couple of years. They put something out into the universe. You need to be, you need to be ready for ready. it to happen. So, may I take How old is she now? She's 10 now. She's 10. She's 10. What kind of 10-year-old is she? She is precocious. She mm-hmm. is vivacious. She is lively. She is smart. She is hella creative. I cannot wait to see where Erin goes. Because she has a little bit of me and a little bit of Arif. Mm-hmm. Um, when she puts pen to paper or, or works her magic artistically, it's amazing. I can't, when I, when I watch her perform, like I have to consciously like, like muzzle myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, the tears freely flow when I watch her dance because she is amazing. But I have this thing where I like to scream and she don't like it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. She's told me, Mommy, when you come to watch me dance, can you please not do that because it's embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm checking myself. Choo-choo. Mm. And I, I mean, anyway, I'm <laughs> trying to work with it. I'm trying to work with it. Uh, Carriola, she's very sensitive that way. So she loves to perform. She comes alive on stage, but she doesn't like to be the center of attention. So it's, mm. a, it's a paradox, right? Um, she... Erin can switch in and out of accents without thought, um, which is really interesting to me. Um, she has a very good command of the English language, and she's very dramatic. So she did her first commercial the other day, mm. and I was like, "This is great, but try to not end up in media because I need you to be." What able do you to mean, don't want to end up in media? What is? Me want her to be able to live and make some money. Then, but she can. But she can make money in media. She can own stuff. She can't True, own it. Because when know, you own it, then you make the money. You know, a lot of us who do media in Jamaica do it for the love of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with her doing it as a, as a passion. But, um, yeah. And she is, she, she's, she's, she's a child, but she's, a, she's very grown up. So I think because she's been raised largely with adults, because she has no 
siblings with her. Right. She has two brothers, but I don't live with her. Um, sometimes when she speaks to me, I have to just try to remember that she's 10, you know, because of the way she reasons. I was going to ask you that about, you know, because she, she's around you and she's the other female in the house and she's so independent and mature in her thinking. It just doesn't make sense sometimes when I talk to her, I'm like, my God, are you really 10? Mm. You know, so I think, man, I see her at Juilliard, I see her on Broadway. As a matter of fact, there is one talent she has that I can't assess the scope of it because Aaron will not let me hear her sing. But I have heard her, um, I've walked up on her as she don't know, and I hear her singing. And I hear her harmonizing oh my at 10. I don't know where, like how. Um, so I know she has a voice in there too. But she's just mm. an amazing child. She's sweet from her soul, sweet. She's sensitive. She's giving. I wonder who she got that from. She's Anyways. caring. <laughs> she's a great child. I could not ask for any more than yeah. Marin, to be honest. What's the biggest lesson that motherhood has taught you? Maybe not even one lesson, but a couple of lessons. It's taught me patience, yeah. for sure, because I'm an impatient person, generally. Um, I like to have, like I said, I like to have control over things, and I like to be able to say when things should happen in my time. So God has taught me patience through mm -hmm. her, for sure. Um, it's, taught me, it's taught me a different type of love that I never knew I could experience. Um, and it's taught me that it's bigger than me, and sometimes um, the moves I make and the decisions I make have to be taken um, despite what I want. Because at this stage in my life, everything I do is for her. Yeah. I know I have to live for me, you know, but every single building block I'm putting in place now is for Aaron Nicole Cooper. From how I want her to, to think about herself, from how I want her to think about life, from the mindset I want her to have, and to, and to the blinkers I don't want her to have, to the goals that she can achieve, I'm trying to set her up now, so that when she gets to a certain point in her life, she doesn't make the mistakes I made. I started a lot of things late on the back end, um, trying to right-size it, <coughs> right it now, but I want to be able to give her the opportunity that when she gets to a place in her life and it's time for her to start working and earning and she doesn't have to stress too much. Do you have choices? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because mommy would have made sure that she's okay. So um, motherhood is a great learning tool for anybody who experiences it. You have no idea what you're going in for. Mm. And it's also taught me, Debbie, that we're stronger than we know. Because it's one thing to have postpartum and get over it or to have anxiety or to feel depressed when they're born and that stage of their lives, but as they get older, the challenges remain. And it's new and it's and fresh. It's, and, it's, and every, every yeah. stage of their lives come with a different kind of challenge. And there are still days when I wonder if I can do it or if I'm doing it properly. It's also taught me that you have to have grace and you have to be kind and easy on yourself because sometimes you judge yourself and you say, boy, this, me not do this right. Lord, here, come, uh, here, yeah, here comes the tears yeah. again, cause. And then, Ooh. and then you sit and you, and you reconcile the fact that you are doing the best that you can do with what you have. 
And if you really sit down and look at your child and you look at how your child is growing, you realize that you are doing a good job. But it's mm -hmm. hard to say sometimes. And sometimes I have to just sit and say, you know, say, oh, some holy things mm -hmm. we go through. And the fact that I'm still even saying and able to be here for her is, um, is testimony to the fact that as mothers, as human beings generally, but as mothers, we are some of the strongest people on this earth. Don't know how we do it. Listen, Super power thing listen, is real. We don't listen. walk with the cape then, but... And I, I also think of mothers who don't have any kind of support system, mm -hmm. including an absent father, mm -hmm. including having multiple kids mm -hmm. and having to work and to take care of all of them. And sometimes they work not enough in terms of the monies that come back and them still try to put on a happy face and cook the meal when them go home and help the homework and get up in the morning and press uniform and... It's, it's funny you raise that because I often think if it, if it is such a difficult journey with one child, what must it really be like for people who have more than one and who don't have support to do it? So you're right. You're My right. grandmother, rest her soul, had 10 kids wow. in a two-bedroom home in Clarendon and she worked on a, on a sugar plantation. And you know, they probably. She is my superhero to yeah, date. Yeah, but they probably didn't even know that they were in any kind mm -hmm. of no. rough or challenging mm -hmm. situation because she a lot of those stories you hear the kids, they don't go to bed hungry. No. Because the parents make it work, always have a meal, always have a. You know, and then they have the values mm -hmm. that guide them mm -hmm. to grow and be productive and successful human beings. So big up to big up to all of the mothers, yes. biological and otherwise, because <laughs> some of us don't biologically parent, but we take care of other children. Exactly. Motherhood, man, is a beautiful journey, but guys, let me tell you, and, and I think, Deb, I think I've heard you say this, nobody tells you, like marriage, that there are gonna be some really rough patches just all oh, this beautiful child is going to come and your life will never yes. be the same. Yeah, your life will never be the same. But not because yes. it's always going to be bliss. Exactly. Some days going to dark like midnight. There'll be days when you're tired till your eye cross. And you're like, yeah. Lord God, no. Yeah. But. Yeah. You just have to keep going. I wanted to ask you about when the marriage doesn't work mm -hmm. and how that transition is and mm -hmm. how do you tell your child that it has nothing at all to do with you it's mommy yeah. and daddy is you know thing to work out or not work out and you'll be fine mm -hmm. so i think that was one of the toughest parts for me because sometimes you know sometimes you you know before it ends when it's done that is very, very true. Okay. <laughs> but many of us stay because there are kids involved. Mm -hmm. What I have learned, Deb, is that children at any age are very intuitive. And so if there is any level of difficulty, tension, or toxicity, no matter how you try to hide it, they feel it. Mm -hmm. They pick it up. Um, there may be things they see. There may be things they hear. Um, but as, as Aluna Samba said to me in, in, in her interview when we spoke on the show, and she was speaking particularly about abuse, but generally about relationships that go bad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the children who say, I'm going to, the, the parents who say, I'm going to stay because of the child. It doesn't serve the child. And, and oftentimes the child grows resentful of you for having left them in that situation 
or raised them in that situation. And also, what did it for me is the realization that children, children pattern what they see. And so I wanted her to know what a healthy version of love looks like. Because there was love there, but things were wrong. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I was that person saying, nope, we have to make it work for her. It has to work for her. It has to work for her. But then, you know, at two and three and four years old, who wants a child? I, I couldn't be anything for Erin. I was depleted. Erin mm -hmm. would see me cry all the time. And she'd be like, Mommy, why are you crying? Or, Mommy, can we play so-and-so? And my poor my her always was, Mommy's tired. Because not only was I physically drained from the emotional fatigue, I was also I was in a state of depression. Debbie, that's a part of my life that I don't know. Like when I look back at that, I know that God is real. And I, I you, you, <laughs> they say when you, when you love a song, you hear the song. When, you, when you're going through a particular certain situation, you hear the lyrics, right? Mm. One set of footprints in the sand is a real, real mm. thing. Because some days we're on autopilot, we don't even know how. You don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. There were some days I don't know how I got up out of the bed to bathe even, to put on clothes, to go on TV, to smile with people, and then to leave there and to go and do a corporate job mm -hmm. and perform at the highest level. By the time I got home, I was done. I had nothing to give her. I had nothing to give her because there were also the challenges going on with the relationship. And one day I said to myself, I want her to be able to have, when she's at that point, a relationship that is healthy and loving and strong. And if I don't show her, and the same way I'm showing her now what strength looks like through mm -hmm. pursuing my own dreams, what that looks like, then how is she going to know? Yeah. You don't want to normalize certain things um, for children and make them think that this is how it's supposed to look, or it's supposed to feel, or it's supposed to so. I just got to a point where I was like, you know, I am doing a disservice to her because I don't have anything to give her because I'm so emotionally out of it. Um, and I want her to not only get the best part of me for her, but I need to be my best self for me as well. Um, and I need for her to see what a healthy paradigm of love looks, looks like. like. And so it was a tough decision. But it was a good decision because now she's a happy, mm -hmm. thriving child. She loves her dad, she loves her mom, and she knows we both love her equally. She had to reconcile, obviously, initially, um, just us being apart. But I find that I'm, I, I just be vulnerable to her, yeah. you know? And the truth is just to pour into them and tell them both mommy and daddy love you, but in order for us to be the best for you, we have to be the best for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means we can't be together. And it's important that what is okay and what's not okay, you know, they can see that because mm -hmm. as you as you just said a while ago, it's true because you end up mirroring mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. It's become a pattern mm -hmm. without you even understanding or knowing. Mm -hmm. right. it's, not fair. It. it's not fair to it's your not. child to see your child sad because you're sad. Yeah. You know? So that is so it true. was <laughs> Yeah. It was hard. <laughs> It was hard, and it still is hard. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, as time goes on, it becomes a little easier to, to go through. But nobody likes to feel as if they failed at something, especially something that was so important. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you have to reconcile the fact that something is not working. You can't beat a dead horse. Yeah. No, you can't. You have to just... So it's how you it's how you manage to make that transition and then still ensure that the two of you are co-parenting, that she knows you both love her mm -hmm. or um, or that you are both still in her life and that she's she's gonna be okay. Yeah. What are you doing this holiday? Him <laughs> <laughs> My mother is gonna cook. Oh sure. okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Last year I don't shame to tell you that I went to KFC. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You got that was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Usually I'd be abroad because my siblings are abroad. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and my parents were abroad up to a couple of years ago. So now we'd be in the snow. Mm -hmm. And Aaron would be so happy making snow making angels. Snow um, but we're here. But we're grateful to be here. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be uh, my parents with my daughter and myself. And mommy says she's cooking up a spread. So we'll do that. And then we'll visit. Um, everybody else, if we can find some small groupings to um, to allow her to see everybody she needs to see, mm -hmm. and it will be good. But generally, um, in holiday periods, I live very low because I'm about laying very low. I like to keep things very quiet. It's so and interesting very... how most of us media people are introverted. Well, we have to be. Yeah. Because we live our lives on all the time. And all the truth is that we're the not. the time. And people feel that they have access to us all the time. Can't be on all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not real. Mm -hmm. It's not real. Um, I mean, even to go to the supermarket sometimes is a challenge. I don't want to tell you about my experiences yeah, now. because some the, the energy, station, I can go. The energy that you have on camera when you're working it's not the same energy that you're going to buy a mackerel weed. Exactly. You know? and, and I think I, it's awesome. I, that's what I'm thinking. Unreasonable. Like, why you, you want to talk to me in the middle of the Listen, frequency, tell me I you for real, but I just want to shop. I just want but to you can, you. the thing is I that you, even you. when you talk, I mean, because it's fine to have a discussion. Yeah, of course. But you're not going to be bouncing off the no. walls and people don't understand that sometimes. Yeah. And I think maybe you're you're being a little colder, but you're just being who you are when you shop in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So generally, I I have become, I've done for years, I've been, my parents, my parents are trying to ask me to get out more. Like when my, what? that was a moment for me. Mm. Like when my father said to me, these are people who when I was growing up didn't want me to go anywhere, right? Because I, I was raised in like the Christianist oh, of yes, household. When yes, yes. I hear my parents now saying, same, you don't want to, Maybe there's a way you can meet somebody, or I'm like, look, man, mm. I'm not in that place or space. Do you I think th that you'd be though? Um, Would yes. you date again? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, my friend Danny Ramgala. Yes, my Danny says to me, Simone, <laughs> I would like for you to know that the person you meet is going to be under your bed. Mm. Um, because you don't come out of your own, no, so that must be the exactly. only place What's you're going to meet somebody. And she went on to say, if he is under your bed, is not the person you want. No. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's going to be a criminal or something. Exactly. Um, but yes, I actually, Deb, I'm looking forward to that again. That's good. Because you, get... you need to go out so you can meet the person. Because I'm not going to come out to get and say, you know, the Lord sent me. But why? That's, that's not how it why? works. Why? I don't think that's why how it works. Why can't I reply? I think that's how it works. Where are we going to go? Outside? Uh, no, no, trust me, I know exactly how you're feeling now because there's a time when I was thinking to myself, I will not go out of my way 
to get dressed up and push up the boobs up in the air to say, I am doing this to meet somebody. Like, he's going to have to come. Yeah, I don't... I find myself in, in the space now where... For the last couple of years, it was never... It was not top of mind, it was not bottom of mind, it was not middle of mind. It was just about settling and making sure Aaron is okay. Um, Aaron asked me one day, she said, Mommy, don't you want a boyfriend? And I was like, okay, if daddy say, <laughs> mommy say that, Aaron asking me, this is a problem, yeah. right? So in my headspace, because that's where it's, it, it has to start, I am at a place where I'm thinking, you are, you are, not, you are an adult. Um, you don't have a tree necessarily growing out of your face, and you're a good person, and you, you deserve that kind person. of happiness. But you want to do it when you know it's right for yeah, you as well, because yeah. you don't want to be rushed into anything at all. You, I mean, we've seen it, we've lived it. Mm-hmm. We understand mm-hmm. our relationship is not just, hi, how are you, and then that's, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. The truth is that I was closed off to it yeah. up until now, but now I find that I'm kind of, my mind is opening to it, which tells me that I'm entering and I think a new phase. Right phase. I hope I think so, so, Debbie. I think your next one will be your best one. I'm going to receive that. Yes. And I'm going to say from your lips to God's Yeah? Yeah. Because yeah, you know what? If that person is not the right person, then... But at least um, you know now when to put the full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You mm-hmm. learn in your life that there are just some things that you will not tolerate, stand mm-hmm. when you've been through certain situations. But more importantly, now that Erin is grown or is at the stage that she's at and at such a pivotal point in her life, whomever comes into mind has got to be that guy. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. don't have time for for the games and the, mm-hmm. you know, because... Yeah. <laughs> she will tell me. She'll be like, Mommy, uh, no, uh-uh. not this one, Mommy. Yeah, Let's no. go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next. But I'm open to it. So, 2021 is a year of possibilities for me. I want to grow the business, but I'm open to, to, to building out other areas yeah. of my life as yeah. well. And I find that when things happen is when you when you open yourself yeah. to them. The season three of Sim Soul Session mm-hmm. is February, next year, hopefully. February. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to say hopefully, February. February for sure. February. Yeah. That's how I have to speak things now because mm-hmm. when you put it out there is when it happens. I'm very happy about that. Thank I can't you. wait to see it. Thank you. I'm trying to build that out too because one of the things I'm hearing is, is that the show is too short. Yes. So I'm trying to, I'm working on building it out too. I know mm-hmm. which is where I wanted to start. But because I had to start where I had to no, start, it was and just you, get it out. You just need to start. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You just need to start. Exactly. Well, on behalf of Jamaica, I'd like to extend gratitude to you. <laughs> Is there a plaque coming out? Yes, <laughs> on behalf of Jamaica, let me just say thank you for being mm-hmm. a voice of some sense in this crazy time. Seriously, it was just a kind of healing. It, it, I mean, it's an ongoing process, mm-hmm. but for a lot of us, it was, a, it was really hopeful content it still is very hopeful content and people finding themselves and finding healing in the process and you know bringing back families together and Mm -hmm. trust me i think that you'll be rewarded heavenly and abundantly for this seriously honestly thank you thank you for talking to me good talk i know it was amazing and thanks for letting me ball in the 10 minutes of the interview thanks i mean my pleasure. Just Apparently, it's a, super, it's a superpower I never knew I had. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I want, I want you to cry. I'll call Simone on the phone now. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm a crier, but you know, there is such beauty in crying. I there think is. it's so cathartic and it frees you. It's When you finish, you just feel like a lighter, no? Nice for balling just for you. Important. Thank you. Thank you.
Oh, die ist das so.